Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Nice to see everybody here today. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all those guys <clears throat> out there. My father played a, a key role in my life, and I, I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm here today because of uh, great parents like my, my mother and father. And I look around this room, and I see some pretty great uh, guys and the good dads, and they try their hardest. Um, so it's my privilege. Hey, so our series, we're into our third week in our, into our Simplify series well, I want to tell you, I have to get this out of the way, and I want, I want to ask your apology, okay? Because uh, we're talking about simplifying, we're talk- and this morning I'm talking about decluttering, but we have made a decision this week, my wife and I, to unsimplify our life. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping I'm not too, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm... Uh, I, you know, I want to learn from this message. We have decided to ad- we adopted a dog this week, and I am, yeah, yeah. Give it a hand. Give it. A- <clears throat> if you want to see what he looks like, you could just Google "cutest dog in the world," "cutest puppy," and you'll see my dog there. Probably not, but if you follow me on Facebook, you've seen some pictures or Instagram. Uh, what a beautiful little dog! Uh, about uh, two weeks ago, we. Uh, we uh, put an uh, application in for the uh, Island Dog and Cat Adoption Society. So uh, we, we applied for one of these four puppies, and it's a Dash Hound mix. And it's this beautiful little 13-week-old puppy. And um, actually, for, for something we're going to do to, to, uh, to uh, sell a thing, we're actually going to sell time that you could babysit our dog. And, and you, can, you can donate, and it'll go towards um, our, our couple from the Ukraine. I'm just kidding, if we have any, uh, you know, hopefully that's not too weird. But <laughs> anyways, today we're going to be talking about decluttering. How about we all pray together, all right? Lord uh, Jesus, just thank you so much for, for you. We just thank you that we could come here, we can learn more about you, we can praise your name. We thank you for our church. We thank you for our church family. We thank you for all those who have come recently. Lord, help them to feel like they're at home. And uh, so, Lord, just be with us, guide us, guide me, and uh, yeah, just be in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, uh, about a month and a half ago, we ended up moving. We ended up moving uh, from, from a, a, a small rental unit on Queens Avenue. Had a, you know, it's a very small house, very quaint, uh, close to the marina. And uh, because our house was so small, there was hardly any room in it. So I had to keep boxes like in my office and, and everywhere else. And, and the house that we just purchased is a little bit larger. And... Uh, I remember we put a lot of things into our shed. And our shed, like I thought, oh, that's a pretty decent shed. You know, it looks nice. And, and so I, I had put, you know, a bunch of stuff that, that uh, we uh, don't really use that much. And it was on the left-hand side. And I remember one, one of my days, I don't know if you know anything about decluttering. I'm sure you guys do. But it, it, it's a big job, right? It's a beast job. 
you're, uh, you know, you, when you start a project, you're like, why am I doing this? This is the worst day ever. And, and, and tackling my shed was one of those days. And I remember as I was moving things around, I was taking everything outside to, you know, like the, the, the trash pile, the keep pile, and I started to notice that things were kind of moldy and things had, had grown fur on it. And that's probably not a normal thing. And it kind of cluttered kind of my half of my shed. And um, when I was standing there, I noticed my foot was starting to sink. And the, the, uh, the floor... Uh, the floor collapsed, and my, my feet were on the real ground. Uh, and I noticed I should, probably should have did a better job with my clutter because I didn't know, uh, you know, I didn't notice uh, all, the, all the rot and all those good things. And I'm thankful for a good uh, uh, landlord who totally understood. He's like, oh, you know what? We're getting rid of that thing anyways. I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah, so it, it, it totally worked out well. But I'm thinking of the theme of decluttering, and I looked around my places over these last two weeks, and, and I looked around my places, and what are your places? Think about your places that, that's kind of designated for you. It could be the shed. Um, for me, I, I look at areas even in the church, I look at my desk. My desk is atrocious, right? I like to think it's, it's uh you know, it's all organized or whatever that there's, there's uh, a method to my madness, but it's just, it, it's messy. And uh, my desktop page, I don't know if for you that have a laptop or a computer and you just, you want all your icons on your desktop because on, on your main page, because it's easy to get to, but then you think it's easy to get to, but you have a hard time finding, am I right? Who's with me? Only like three of you. Yeah. Pastor Mike and I. Kids ministry areas, right? Uh, youth, especially after youth or, or kids ministry events. My notebooks, actually I have, I have four notebooks that I use and one week I'll use one and then one week I'll use the other. I'm, these are things that I'm trying to get better at. And then when I'm like, oh, what did, we t- what did, uh, what did I talk about last week? And then I'm trying to look f- through all my books. Uh, my vehicle, you know, our vehicle. How many of you keep your vehicle a little bit messy? Only a few of you. Oh, those, uh, those dads are, are sheepishly. It's okay, James. You can put up your hand. <laughs> and my side of the bedroom, right? Again, my poor wife. So decluttering is an area that I need to work on better. And many of us worry about the clutter that's around us and in our homes, whether if it's one of the bedrooms of your kids or the kitchens or rooms that your husband and your daughter leave uh, with, with all the, the things behind them. Uh, finding a solution, also motivation to start working on a massive task can be very difficult and very challenging, kind of like what I talked about before. Uh, but clutter can also be overwhelming to the point that it can actually affect our happiness. It could affect the joy in our life, and it, it can actually have, uh, it could be severe enough that it affects our health. So this morning, I want to talk on physical decluttering and uh, decluttering of our heart and our mind. And I hope you're with me this morning. There was a song that reached number one in the States and in the top 30 in Britain in 1965, Pete Se- Seeger. Uh, Pete Seeger was the lead singer of The Birds and was asked to not write any more war protest songs. So Pete Seeger 
turned to his notebook, and I don't know if you guys have heard this story. He turned to his notebook where he jotted down uh, possible lyrics for the future, and there in his recycling notebook were verses written down, and they were found from Ecclesiastes 3. And the words attributed a season. Does this scripture sound familiar? To everything, turn, turn, turn. Right? If you've watched Forrest Gump, you'd probably fell in love with this song. There is a season, turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven. And in this third verse, it talks about a time to gain and a time to lose. A time to rend, a time to sow, sow, a time for love, a time for hate, a time for peace. I swear it's not too late. It's a great song. But Seeger took the text almost out of verbatim, but he added the words, turn, 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 and also tacked on this hopeful concluding line for his Cold War audiences. A time of peace. I swear it's not too late. To Seeger, it was a protest song, but his publisher didn't get it. See, he had received a lot of complaints about his music. And many thought it was a neat song, but they didn't realize that it actually had to do something uh, that involved the Bible. In Ecclesiastes 3, uh, Solomon had general observations. And you could get your Bible ready if you, if you have your Bible ready. You could turn to Ecclesiastes 3. And the chapter begins with this declaration that there is a time or a moment for all activities this, this poem describes. And it follows the poem with long reflection on the way God has made everything fitting in its time. That there is a time for everything, a season for, for everything. And as I walked around my place to see what certain items I've accumulated, a lot of similar items. And they mostly came in short seasons. I remember uh, my wife and I were, uh, I think it was last week, and I just kind of leaned over to her. I'm like, hey, do you know that in, in 20 year, 20, 21 years of marriage, we've lived in five, 15 different places? Not towns, not cities, but apartments or suites or whatever, right? We've lived in 15 different places in 21 years. And if you've beat us, please tell me after, Okay. Um, that, that's a lot. That is actually a lot of heavy lifting. That's a lot of taking things from one place to one place. You know, all the things of my childhood that I never look at, all these other things that have accumulated over the years. Ecclesiastes 3, let's go through it. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I like that one. A time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. And that's the verse, that's the key. A time to tear, tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. It's a beautiful, beautiful poem. Timing is important. Can everybody say that? Timing is important. All the experiences that are listed are appropriate at certain times. K 
Keeping and throwing away is actually biblical. It says it in this verse. The secret to peace with God is to discover and accept and appreciate God's perfect timing for us. The danger is to doubt or resent God's perfect timing. This can lead to despair or rebellion or or moving ahead without God's leading in your life. And as I think about our grads that we're going to celebrate next week with cupcakes. Are you guys excited? Who likes cupcakes? Yeah, we're going to have our grads uh, uh, hand out cupcakes to all you guys during the the services next week. So that's going to be exciting. As I think about the grads who are going to celebrate, the most common question that they get is what? What are you going to do next year? This is a dreaded question for grads. Um, last night I was invited to one of, our, uh, one of our students that we've had throughout our ministry in, in, uh, throughout high school. Hasn't, hasn't been a lo- around a lot this year, but before. And uh, I had uh, a nice invite to go to his grad party and celebrate him. And, and all, you know, like we're all together. We're all, we're all eating this like great food, like ribs and all that good stuff. And, uh, and I leaned over to him and I said in front of everybody, hey, what's your plans next year? And I'm like thinking, man, that's a question that sometimes grads, you know, don't really like, especially if they don't know what's going to happen next year. And he said, hey, well, I've been asked this about 20 times already today, but this is what I'm doing. And we had a great time, had a good chuckle about it. But what I would say to all those grads and all those people that don't know what, you know, what, what's, what's in store or, or what, what we should do or what, what I should do in life I would say, why don't we go to God with that? And we ask God, hey, God, what's your will for my life? What's, what's your will? What do you want me to do? Do you, want me to, do, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to reach out to my neighbors? Of course, right? Matthew 6, 19, 21 says, where Jesus, uh, here where Jesus is teaching about money, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven can everybody say treasures in heaven you guys are good today where neither moth nor rust destroys and and where thieves do not break in and steal and it says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you could read this passage and probably reference it in many ways and many different struggles. However, it could play a significant role in addressing one of the most common causes of clutter. clutter. And what's that? I'm actually saving this in case I need it for later. How many of you have said that? Hey, can we actually go to those memes at the beginning? That'd be great. Got some memes for you. You guys excited? I actually totally forgot about them. So, Mrs. Nightingale felt the periodic need to declutter the house. There's all the kids. And there's the dad. <laughs> uh, next one. I tried decluttering things I own and throw it away. What doesn't give me joy. So far, I've thrown out all the bills. Like that. And the next one, I like this. This one actually reminds me of Roxy. I don't know why. 
When you're cleaning up your room and you get distracted by stuff you found, that is totally me, right? I'm like, oh man, that is an awesome wig that I found downstairs and I'm wearing it for the rest of the day. I'm going, this is totally me, right? Right, Kim? I'm going to donate this stuff to Goodwill, but first I'm going to drive around with it in, in my truck for months. That's, that is totally me. My wife was constantly, hey, like, you should go, go to one of those blue bins. And <clears throat> I like that thought about storing treasures in heaven. And, what, and, what, and we've, we've read this before, but what, what does storing treasures in heaven even mean? And as members of our church, it, it's important for us to tithe and give God what is his. But this is referring much more than just money. It's referring to obedience with him, obedience in God. And we should seek to please God, not only in our giving, but in fulfilling God's will for everything that we do. And Jesus makes it clear that having the wrong treasure leads to our hearts being in the wrong place. What we treasure most controls us, whether we admit it or not. If possessions or money become too important for us, we should try and reestablish control. And maybe we even need to get rid of the items. I want to do this more. But sometimes I feel like, you know that, that, that character on Lord of the Rings, Gollum? Right? He wants that ring. He wants that ring no matter what. Mark Homer said, many people get meaning in life from what they consume. That people get their identity from the things that we buy or even sell. Ever heard of the saying, I am what I buy? Kind of like, I am what I eat. I'm glad I'm not what I eat. Shopping is the number one activity in North America. Amazon is the new temple. Visa is the new altar. Double clicking is the new liturgy. Money is the new God. Jesus calls for us to live contently with whatever we have. And we should choose eternal values over external values. Things that give us happiness for a short amount of time. But eternal values is something for eternity. And that's what we have in Jesus. You know, I, I, I actually found it really difficult to parent uh, young, uh, when my kids were young, especially after Christmas and and um, different times when they'd come home and they'd say, hey, do you know what my friend got? Or my, my friends, you know, they, they have a larger house or they have a better car or, you know, like these things that, that the kids would compare and you'd feel bad for your kids, but hey, it just, okay, these are lessons as parents gives opportunity to say, hey, we're, we're to be content. We should be happy with what we have. But I'm not going to lie, okay? I'm not going to lie here. I, I do get a little bit, you know, jealous at times. You know, when I see a Ford Mustang electric vehicle, come on now, the new Ford Mustang, and I see some kind of nice cars out there, right? And <clears throat> when I see a Mustang electric, I start to dream about Kim and I driving in this, down the sunset, around the ocean, and, and just loving life. Does that sound good, Kim? That sounds good. If you've got an extra Mustang electric kicking around, I'm your guy, right? But after asking myself, what would be the true cost of this item, I've decided, unfortunately, that shelter is more important than electric vehicle. 
right? Shelter was probably a better choice. We bought a house rather than buying an electric car. But those gas prices, am I right? Oh, man. Like, uh. You know, I asked Selena. Selena goes to our church. You may not know Selena. But I've asked her multiple times if she'd want to trade my beautiful, my beautiful Chevy caravan for her little sports car. And, and every time I ask, I think, man, I'm being pretty generous here. But she never accepts that trade. So if Selena's listening, I'm, I'm still there for you. But I want to reiterate that having stuff isn't a bad thing. But it takes, but if it takes precedent over your relationship with God, there's, there's an there's a issue. There's a concern. Matthew 6, 31, 34 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Man, it sounds like a, a parent's uh, main dialogue, doesn't it? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. If we seek first his kingdom, Jesus is going to take care of all those things. Isn't that awesome? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Great advice. Matthew chapter 6, 31-34. So, here are five steps to decluttering your heart. Are you overwhelmed with clutter? Be honest. Are you overwhelmed at times with clutter? Put up your hand. Okay, a few of you. All right. The first step is to be honest. To be honest. Clutter can exist in many different forms, physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, spiritually, and if you're not feeling like your true self by the mess around you and the mess you feel inside, maybe it's time for you for some, for some deep cleaning in your life. And I've heard that clutter is delayed decisions, right? To start tackling decluttering your heart, we need to start being honest with where we're at. Where are you? What are the things that are cluttering your mind and your heart? We can look around our place, like our drawers, our closets, our fridge, our kids' rooms, and the list goes on. But the chances are, if we have physical clutter around us, we probably have internal clutter in our mind and our heart. There are many things that can clutter our hearts and mind. Loss, trauma. Maybe Father's Day is a really difficult day for you. Sickness, anxiety, stress. And, but just to let you know, there's no shame in this clutter. But we can't declutter if we're not realistic where, where we're at. We need to be realistic. We need to, we need to be truthful to ourselves. And unforgiveness can be huge. And I talked about unforgiveness a while back. That figuring out the root of our bitterness and dealing with it head on, dealing with that unforgiveness, because unforgiveness is one of the worst things that you could have. How many times has feelings of hurt, anger, even hatred took real estate in your heart? I've been there. We have to be honest. There's this great verse in John 8, 32. Many of you know it well. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? Oh, come on, guys. Amen? Amen? You guys are with me. 
To get to the root of our issues, we have to know what the root is and to be honest. And if we have too much clutter of hopelessness in our soul and emotions that you won't know where to begin, where to stop. If that's you and you've got so many thoughts in your head and your heart, get a notebook. Don't get four of them. Get one and write down those thoughts that are in your head. Or go on your phone. Go on your phone and just write down those things and think about those. If we have too much clutter of hopelessness in our soul and emotions, you won't know where to begin to start. But the beauty of all these things that are going on in our heart, guess who else knows the things that you're facing? Jesus. Jesus makes it easier for us. He wants to take all those things, all those hurts, all the, all, all the past, all all the unforgiveness, and he wants to help you to, to walk along the path with you. Jesus will walk along the path with you if you let him. You know, talking to people over this last while who have dealt with addictions and dealt with hurts is not only encouraging to those, but it's also encouraging to others who, who are told those things. It also encourages us to be able to be open about our inad- inadequacies, you know, the last guy I worked with in my last church, he would always say, you know, the more you get to know somebody, the more dysfunctional they are, right? We've all got dysfunctional qualities, right? Things that just maybe don't line up the way that they should be, right? We're imperfect people, and that's why we serve a perfect God. We all have inadequacies, and we need to be honest to ourselves about those inadequacies. The second step is to ask for help. This could be a tough one, right? But encourage you to add another voice to help that decluttering your heart and mind is so hard to do it alone. I don't know if you've tried to do it alone. But when you're in isolation, it makes it even more difficult. You know, going through COVID was really challenging for me. I noticed my emotional health going, going down south, <laughs> right? Because I wasn't around the people, people that I, I needed to be around because people were really afraid about their health in which, you know, that... It was the right thing to do. You know, this, uh, this last week, it was a crazy week. We got the dog, but before, uh, I went to a district leadership uh, event uh, at Summit uh, Bible College where um, I serve on the, the kids' leadership team and the youth leadership team. And we were talking about cluster leaders and what a cluster is in our district is it, it's like where we get all the pastors together. So we get all the youth pastors together, together and all the youth, uh, all the kids pastors. We have a, uh, a group of youth pastors in the North Island, around six people. And we get together, we pray for each other. We do a devotional together. We encourage one another. And it, it, uh, the district is big into pastoral care because a lot of young pastors who start, uh, they, begin, they, they get lonely and uh, they don't have people to talk to. You know, I think we're like that as well. We need others. We, we are uh, designed to, to be in relationship with other people. Am I right? People need others to step aside them and love on them. And we, need to enc- we need others to encourage us, to give guidance, to give wisdom, to give prayer. And do you know someone in your life that could really use a friend today? Do you know of somebody in your life, it could be a neighbor, it could be uh, a friend that lives far away. Do you know of somebody that could just use a friend today? 
Maybe you need to talk to somebody about the clutter, the things that you're facing. We need help from others. And of course, we add Jesus in that process. He is the source for all we need, but having others is helpful. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus which even includes the trauma and the circumstances that caused all the decluttering and the mess in the first place. If he already knows the things we struggle with, why, why can't we? Why do we have a hard time talking to Jesus about it or talking to, to others about? God knows you. He designed you. He created you. It even says that you are his masterpiece. Jesus can show you a way through the fogginess of hurt, the betrayal, the pain. And invite Jesus into your life to help you clear all all that junk. Just give it a try. Psalm 51.10, it's a beautiful verse. There's a lot of them in the Bible, am I right? Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What does steadfast mean? It means firm. It means unwavering. That we would have an unwavering, a firm, steadfast, we'd have a firm spirit. Third is grace. Grace is a big one. Walking in God's grace happens when we can clear out all the things that hinder us from communicating clearly with him to make room for whatever he has for us. When cluttering happens in our heart, it can plug up our communication with our Father. If you are struggling with decluttering your soul, allow God's grace to bring healing into those places of of hurt and trauma. His grace helps us get through difficult situations. Psalm 147, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up the wounds. This morning, church, do you have a broken heart? Do you have a broken heart? Do you have wounds? The beauty of it is, and when, when, we, when we are at our worst, that's when God meets us. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. His grace is the answer to declutter our soul. We need to accept his grace even though we don't even deserve his grace. When we are at our roughest, it can be hard to give grace to ourselves. am I right? How many times when we make mistakes, we just feel terrible and we, we're, we just go really down on ourselves? I've been there. When we receive God's grace, we have more than enough grace to flow onto others. Fourth is accountability. And we're just about done. Throughout the decluttering process, you may find that you need some extra help to reach out to someone that you trust. Think about somebody in your life if you don't have an accountability partner, accountability friend. This could be a friend, a family professional, pastor, doctor, But when going through big hurts and complex situations, we need extra help. We need people around us that believe in us, that will encourage us, that will pray for us. 
James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, but the key to accountability is somebody that you will trust, that you can trust, because if they're, really, if they're big heart issues, you want to be able to trust that person that they're not going to be sharing to everybody. Someone who has your best interests in your mind. Pick carefully. We will find that when we start dealing with things and it starts bringing healing in the areas of our lives, our heart becomes more healthy as well as our thoughts and our words become more positive. It's time to consider who would be a good accountability fit in your life. And don't wait too long to find someone. And lastly, point number five, and Pastor Laura mentioned this last week, gratitude. Gratitude. This was mentioned last week. It could be a game changer for all those with a cluttered heart. And when we are grateful, there is less room for hurts and anger to take real estate in our heart and our mind. Gratefulness creates more space for Jesus to... to come into our life and impact us. Are you aware of how Jesus has impacted your life? I want you to ask that question to yourself. Are you aware of those things? Things that come up. I just want you to just, just to, say to say to Jesus, thank you for those things. Can you guys just do that? We need to think of those things that, that Jesus has done for us. John 10.10 10 says he came to bring life and life abundantly. He wants us to have a great life. What does abundantly mean? Large quantities, plentiful. He wants you to have a plentiful life. Not a lame life, a plentiful life. What Jesus offers is much more than what the world has to offer. The world has to offer fear, shame, regrets, to never be satisfied, to be on your own, to make whatever choices you want. Gratitude helps us to bring healing. It declutters a heavy heart and will lighten your load and lighten your path. Gratitude. Let's be people of gratitude. Am I right? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus today and want him to be present in your life and take ownership of your heart, all you have to do is ask. Can everybody stand? And if that's you today, if that's you this morning, it's a simple prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Sorry for the wrong things that I've done. Jesus, make my heart pure and help me to serve you with all my life. That's you today. I want you to pray that prayer. I want to encourage you to pray that prayer if you want to invite Jesus in your life.
Maybe you're here this morning saying that you're having a hard time, that you feel alone, that you're really struggling with the clutter that's going on in your mind and you just don't know what to do. Maybe that's the reason why you came here a few weeks ago or today and you're just wondering what this Jesus thing is about. And there's a lot of clutter. There's a lot of things. Maybe there's doubt. Maybe, you know, there's a faith component because you're here. But I think, and I know, that Jesus wants you to know that he's with you. Oh, Jesus, speak to those hearts, Lord. Oh, Lord. Lord, help us to be honest. Lord, help us to ask for help. We thank you for your grace, Lord, even though we don't deserve it. Lord, that you would help us to have people in our life that will encourage us in our walk with you, to help us to make good decisions in our life. Lord, that you would give us good people in our life, that you would Come to, that you would place some, a, a name in our mind, Lord, that we could talk to somebody that can help us to, to be accountable with. And Lord, help us to be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. And sometimes it's hard to be thankful because of the things that are happening around us but Lord, you haven't let us down. You haven't let us down. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving us, God. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for the weather. Thank you for our kids. Thank you for our shelter. And God's speaking to our hearts t- today. God's speaking to your heart this morning. Just let him. Oh, Jesus, bring us close to you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord.
Pastor Trevor drew attention to uh, a saying of Jesus in John chapter 10, where he said, the enemy comes or the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I've come that you'd have life and life to the full, life abundant. Abundance is not found in stuff. It's found in Jesus. It's found in relationship with him and relationship with one another. As we conclude today, I want to pray for his life to fill your life. I want to remind you that as we're going through this Simplify series together, none of us are perfect at these things. None of us are, uh, have our own Netflix show on how to live a simplified, minimalistic life. But we're growing. We're improving. We have an opportunity as a church family to sell a thing. We're encouraging every household, if this is your first time with us, let me just briefly tell you. We're encouraging every household, every individual who would consider it, to sell something, sort of as a rebellion against materialism. I'm going to sell something that I no longer need, or it's been too attached to me, and so I'm going to sell it, and instead of keeping the funds for ourselves, donate the proceeds towards supporting Ukraine relief. We have a couple that our church family has helped rescue out of Ukraine. They're settling here in the Comox Valley. We want to help them have abundant life here. And anything else that comes in above and beyond what they need, we're going to return back to supporting other causes on the ground in Ukraine right now. So I want to encourage you, as we have a few weeks remaining in this month, it's our June priority, sell something. And you can go online or you can give a gift in one of the donation boxes upstairs or downstairs. Just note on your gift, if you're using an envelope in the room, Ukraine Relief. If you're giving online, make sure it's allocated to Ukraine Relief. And together as a church family, literally rebel against the spirit of materialism and see God's kingdom come and his will be done in a greater way in others' lives. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your good work in our lives. Together, together, again today, we declare our dependence upon you. We're heading into your world on your mission again this week. We want your love, your truth to bear witness through our lives to others. We can't do this on our own. We need you. All of us face the lies of the enemy, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy in various ways. Silence those voices. Turn up the volume of your spirit in our soul that we'd hear your words and that your life, abundant life, would fill ours and touch others around us. We pray this in your strong name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. All the gentlemen on your way out, grab a dad's root beer. There's one available for you. Enjoy it outside. Bring it home, whatever you like. Have a great, great day. listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.